welcome back to the podcast. I am Adrielle, and today we'll be discussing a topic I'm sure we all can relate to. And it's not the prettiest of topics, but it is a necessary topic. And that is the struggles of life. Our title for today is struggle management, which means God will allow us to struggle, but he will help us to manage it. Let's call it struggle management. There's a biblical quote that says, without the burden of afflictions, it is impossible to reach the height of grace. The gifts of grace increase as the struggles increase. So let's pray. Father, open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive the word today. Help us to know you on an intimate level where we trust in you in the unfortunate and the joyful times so that our love for you is not based on conditions. Let it be unconditional as your love is towards us. In your name we pray. Amen. Struggle management. You know, this is very similar to anger management when you think about it. During counseling sessions for anger management, I'm not sure if you know, but the individual is taught how to control their anger before it controls them. That's what they teach them in those sessions. The goal is to reduce their emotions and psychological arousal that anger causes. Well, in the process of managing your struggles, it's pretty much the same. God wants to help you control the struggle before it controls you. And his goal is to reduce your panic and increase your hope. So I'm sure, you know, by this time, you really want to ask this question because every believer wants to know. So instead, I'll ask it for you and I'll give you my best answer. Why does God allow us to struggle in the first place if he loves us? Mm, million dollar question. Well, the answer is in the question. Because he loves us. Have you ever noticed that you lean on God the most when things go wrong? Have you ever noticed that your faith grows a level after something tragic has happened to you and you survive it? Have you ever noticed that you get stronger and more resilient and become a force after people hurt you and reject you? Without struggle, How would we even know we have a good relationship with the Lord? Without struggle, how would we even know what faith is? I mean, you can look up the definition all day. But until that faith has been tested, you don't know what it means to have faith. Until you've watched the Lord come through for you in hardship you don't know what grace is until you've been compressed to the point of ripping. 
you don't know what strength is. He allows it because he loves you and wants to see you grow in anointing. But, I mean, what happened to me wasn't fair. What's happening to me isn't fair. I feel like God is punishing me. (laughs) Listen, what happened to Jesus wasn't fair. What happened to the apostles wasn't fair. What happened to me wasn't fair. But that doesn't mean it's a reflection of God's punishment. First of all, he doesn't work that way. He's not a slave master beating on us to whip us into shape. He's a loving father who is preparing you for better. When I limped around in excruciating pain with a 10-pound baby sitting on my broken pelvis for eight months straight, I asked him the same question you're asking right now. Lord, why are you punishing me? And he said to me, I'm not punishing you. I'm preparing you for what I'll have you do for me. And let me tell you something. It was not fair. It wasn't. God knew I was practically dying God knew I was in pain. God knew it was unbearable. But even in that, he had a plan. And I can guarantee you that if it had not been for that struggle, if it had not been for my childhood abuse, if it had not been for my depression and suicidal attempts, I would not be here today doing what I am doing. I would not be able to encourage you. I would not have a close relationship with the Lord and I wouldn't have this anointing. How could I get on a mic and inspire you to have faith if I had never been through the testing of my own faith? He is not punishing you. He's preparing you. And preparation is never pretty. It's ugly. It's painful. It's unfair, but it's necessary. You have no idea who's attached to your testimony. You have no idea what future endeavor God has for you that would have only been grabbable because of the struggle. He has a plan. And I want you to always remember that you are his workmanship. Just as Ephesians 2 and 10 says, that word workmanship literally translates to masterpiece or work of art. You're a work of art. Have you ever watched those videos? Sometimes they have them on Facebook and I think I've seen them on Instagram too, where it's a time lapse of an artist painting something. And when you first look at the canvas, it looks crazy. And you're like, what the heck am I even looking at? Because, I mean, you just see strokes going in every single way, colors coming together that seem confusing. But as the video continues on, the canvas starts to finally make some sense. And beauty starts to arise from the work of the artist's hands. So, of course, by the end of the video, you're completely left in awe 
from the masterpiece that they've just created. Like, how in the world did they paint this out of that? <laughs> like, what? Well, this is exactly what preparation through the form of a struggle looks and feels like when you're the work of art and when God is the artist. At first, you look crazy and confused. You're like, God, what is going on here? I'm not seeing anything good in my life right now. I'm not seeing any progress being made. And it's hard for me to trust you because what I see is not matching the miracle that you spoke to me. And God is just over there. He's listening to you, but he's continuing to paint. He's just painting strokes, colors, making something you don't even understand what it, what it is. And he's hearing you. But his trust lies in his power to create a masterpiece out of nothing. So he continues to paint because he trusts in what he's making. And he's faithful to the process. And I'm telling you that right now, What God sees is you coming together. Your situation is getting better. Your strength is on the way. He knows the potential of his handiwork in our difficulties. He knows how to create a masterpiece out of you in the middle of your struggles. So yes, he allows you to struggle because with it, you reach the height of grace. He allows the struggle because it increases faith. He allows it because we lean on him the most in difficult times. He allows it because other people need your testimony to give them hope. And that right there is what Jesus was thinking about when he accepted the cross. He said, I have to face this violent death because they need me. They need my strength. The apostles was thinking the same thing. They said, I have to face this persecution because my brothers and sisters in Christ need my tenacity or the gospel won't be able to spread like a wildfire. What keeps me staying consistent with my ministry and making these podcasts is thinking about all of you who are tied to it. I tell myself, even when I don't, have the encouragement to get up and come up with an idea to talk about. Even when those moments happen, I tell myself, I have to keep going because somebody out there needs these messages. It's not about me. It's about y'all. Okay, well, it's, it's a tad bit about me because God trusts me to do it, but it's mostly about you. This community of people who are depending on me to upload weekly podcasts of inspiration. People have reached out to me privately and have asked me to please keep going on this. Please keep doing what you're doing. And I tell them, I I will. I can't stop. Sometimes you just can't stop. Even though none of this is easy. Even though I struggle to come up with what to talk about, I can't stop because it's bigger than me. This struggle that you're going through or the struggle that you have been through and you're still reaping the effects of, 
is attached to something that's bigger than the struggle itself. All it is, is a gateway into the next realm of glory. That's all this struggle is. God allows it because he loves us. But the good news, because there's good news, is that he cares and he will help us to manage it. So we can relax a little. I told y'all before that I saw a vision of angels lifting me up from the back when I was pregnant with Jace, helping me to get through the pain because God was showing me that he was right there helping me to manage it. I had gotten to a point after I had had him and I looked in the mirror and I hated looking in the mirror because I hated what my body had become after that pregnancy. It looked nothing like me. It felt as though I was in another woman's body. And I know only the moms on here can understand that. It felt like I was in another woman's body. I was all skinny and petite before him. And that was after two kids because I had done all the work to get skinny. Then Jace came and he completely ripped me apart and things were not good. So I was looking in the mirror one day, hating what my body looked like. And God spoke to me and he said it so plainly. I didn't even say anything to him. He just came out and said, I'm going to give it all back to you and more. (laughs) I had no idea what that even meant at the time. But months later, he provided a way for me to get surgery to fix it because of my obedience to have that baby. Because I said, okay, Lord, I don't want another baby, but I'm going to have it because you want me to. He gifted me that surgery because of that obedience. And that's the key word right there, y'all. That obedience and the smidge of faith that I had at the time. I'm telling you, he will support you through it. As long as you are obedient to his word, you better believe it. You know, we just got finished with our first series. He sees the unseen. So we know he sees us. He sees you through the rough times. He sees you through that darkness. And he's looking to grant you everything the swarming locusts have eaten. And it's going to be as though you haven't lost a thing through that hardship. So I want to jump into how we can team up with the Lord to manage our struggles this season. Struggle management. So first things first, cry it out before you dish it out. Do not harbor emotions. The absence of tears is not the presence of strength. Just because you're holding back those tears during your suffering doesn't mean you're displaying strength. Really, you're showing signs of weakness because it takes strength for a person to cry. That's a strong person to be able to cry. Imagine a grown man crying. That takes strength to be able to do that. Expressing vulnerability takes guts. And if you don't cry it out, You will explode in anger and frustration and dish it out on the people that you love and try to dish it out on God. So we want to avoid that. 
the suppression of emotions leads to explosions. Did you know that by not acknowledging your emotions, you make the emotions themselves stronger? And that's what creates the anger? Isn't that crazy? That's one of the reasons why men react physically when they get into an argument. Because their whole life, they're taught to show no emotion. So over the years, that emotion is just building up and building up. And it's dangerous because then domestic abuse happens. And I mean, I'm no expert here, but I wonder if rates of domestic abuse would lessen if we taught young boys how to deal with their emotions instead of telling them, oh, you'll be all right. Get tough. You're a man. Dust it off. Like, hmm, that's, that's just the thought. And, you know, Harvard did a study on people who y'all know I love researching. So Harvard did a study on people who bottle up their emotions and how that affects the mind and body. And they found that the chance of premature death increases by over 30%. And the risk of being diagnosed with cancer increases by 70%. When you harbor your emotions, it impacts your blood pressure, your memory, your self-esteem, and it puts you at a greater risk for diabetes and heart disease. And none of that sounds good, does it? So the first thing you need to do when you're struggling badly is to come to the Lord in a quiet place and cry it out with him. I'm telling you, I've done this and it helps. I always feel better when I can release the tension and put it on his lap. Because you have to remember he doesn't want you to carry anything by yourself anything. And this is biblical. This is biblical. Crying it out with God is a biblical message. The Lord says, return to him with fasting and weeping and mourning. That's Joel 2 and 12. Return to him with weeping. And you see this a lot in the book of Psalms as well. The psalmists are always crying out to God, especially when trouble arises, because they understand how to lean on him. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple and my cry came before him, even into his ears. That's Psalms 18 and 6. So as you cry out to the Lord in this period of struggling. He will hear your voice. Your cry will come before him in his ears and he will respond to it. God even says in Psalms 50 and 15, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you. So cry out if you feel the need to when you're struggling. Do not nurse your emotions into hiding because it will harm your body and fail to help the situation. Cry it out before you dish it out. That's the first step in a struggle. 
Hey, it's Adriel from the future checking in. And I really pray that you are enjoying the message so far. I wanted to quickly hop on here and remind y'all that there is a way for you to rate and review the podcast. So on Spotify, you can only rate it with the star ratings. However, on Apple Podcasts, you do have the option of not only rating it, but also reviewing it. So if you go to the home screen, I've read the podcast and you scroll all the way down past every episode, you will see a nice little section there for you to add stars to the podcast and also write a review. Please, please, please do this for me, y'all, because I'm really trying to build this community. I love y'all so much and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. All right, checking off. Number two, the opposite of a test is a reset. If you look at an electrical outlet in your wall, most of the time you'll see two buttons that control the outlet and any other outlet in that section of the wall. One of those buttons is the test button and the other is the reset button. Well, if you press that test button and then try to plug something into the wall, it won't power on. But in order to offset the test, you have to reset. You have to physically press the reset button in order for that outlet to pass the test. Just like that outlet, God wants to plug some power and anointing in you. And he has pressed the test button. The reason he's pressed the test button is because he needs to see, will you lean on him in difficult times? He's putting your heart on display to show you who you are. But the only way for the anointing to power on after he's plugged in is if you offset the test by pressing reset. So what does this mean? It means reset your faith. Reset your relationship with him. Reset your ways to look like his. Go back to what drew you to God in the first place and put your trust in early encounters with the Lord. Go back to what you've been through and have recovered from. And say, well, if he pulled me through that, surely he'll pull me through this because he's the same God yesterday, today and forever. And because he said, I will not leave you or forsake you. You know, I was studying Deuteronomy chapter eight today, which is where the Lord led me. Chapter eight. And, you know, eight is the number of new beginnings and circumcision of the heart. It gives you a fresh start. And that's why young boys in the Bible were supposed to be circumcised on the eighth day. And, you know, I I love numbers. I can go on and on about numbers. But anyways, I digress. So reading Deuteronomy chapter eight today, again, the Lord exposed to me the title for that chapter, which was Remember the Lord. Just like what he had given me a few episodes ago from Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and Psalms 77 and 11, which both were talking about remember 
the Lord. So this clearly is a season where God is trying to remind us to remember him. Remember what he did for us back then. Remember what we've been through and have survived. The reason we have trouble passing the test during a struggle is because we fail to remember the Lord. We fail to reset. He says in Deuteronomy 8 and 1, every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land. We never get to the multiply and possession part because we're not careful to do exactly as he says. The opposite of a test is a reset. Reset to God's will and ways. Stay into alignment with what he's told you to do. The reason those first prophecies from years ago have not come true is because you haven't learned how to reset. And when you do, you will multiply incessantly. That means on a continual basis. And when you don't, the test will last longer than expected. You know, it took 40 years for the Israelites to make an 11 day trip, right? It's because they wouldn't reset. Deuteronomy 8 and 2 says that trip was supposed to humble them and test them to see what was in their hearts and whether or not they'd keep the Lord's commandments. But that test was only supposed to be 11 days worth of a struggle. They failed to reset. They would not depend on God. You cannot offset the test unless you reset. Let me tell you something. This struggle is to see what's in your heart. And no, it's not for God to see because he already knows. He's the Lord. But it's for you to see what's in your own heart. It's to put your heart on display and show you who you really are. It's to show you whether or not you will depend on what your situation says or what your God says. The testing is for you. Don't turn an 11 day test into a 40 year long exam. Press the reset. Now, pressing the reset doesn't mean the test will magically disappear. But it does mean you'll do a better job at managing it and you'll be able to pass it at a much faster rate. All you have to do is learn to depend on him and him only. Not on your feelings. Not on your situation. Not on people's advice. Not on your bank account, but on God. Reset in order to offset the test. Number three, build a web of encouragement. This means grab inspiration from anywhere you can get it and build a web out of it so that when those little doubting bugs come to visit, you'll have an inspirational web keeping your hope nice and sturdy in the Lord. So just like a spider, 
weaves a web together to catch all of those little bugs, to stop them in their tracks, we need you to weave a web of encouragement together to stop doubt in its tracks. What helps me when I'm on the verge of giving up is listening to short inspirational videos, watching uplifting films or shows. And to be honest, y'all, there's this kid's movie that my baby son watches every single day called Sing 2. I'm sure y'all have heard of it because it's a really great movie. And I promise you the Lord is all up in that movie because I ball when I actually sit down to watch it. It just reminds you that even when you feel like giving up, God will open up doors for you in rooms people told you you can't enter. In places you never thought you would step. And deals you thought you would never make. I mean, it's really, really good. 10 out of 10, recommend. But yeah, listen to gospel music or some old school music from back in the day when times were amazing. Just Find something to feed your spirit with encouragement so you can keep that web built and your eyes focused on hope. Because when everything is crashing around you, you have to know there's some type of hope out there, right? Even though it may be at a distance, try not to let doubt steal your faith. Number four, don't blame everything on the devil. Give God some credit too. Just because it's not all sunflowers and lilies in the field at the moment doesn't mean it's Satan-induced. Because remember, you're a piece of work. (laughs) Literally, you are a piece of artwork. And artwork takes time. And it doesn't show a pretty picture until it's done. But... Just because it's ugly in the process, was it Satan who encouraged Jesus to go to the cross? No, he didn't want him to do that. He knew what that would mean, how the Lord's death would open up salvation for everyone on earth. But just because Christ suffered doesn't mean it wasn't in the Father's plan. It wasn't pretty until it was complete. You will have to go through some ugly stages before beauty is released. Even in the suffering, even in the ugly parts of it, Jesus gave his dad all the credit for it. He said, I accepted the cross to glorify my father. You have to get to a point in your faith where you can be strong enough to give God the credit for your struggle. Because you're aware that it was all a part of the process. What kept Jesus focused on the cross was him saying, okay, you know what? This is all in the father's plan and everything is going to be just fine. It hurts right now. It sucks right now. This is ugly right now. But my daddy has a plan. And I'm going to go along with it. He ain't doing this to punish me. He's preparing me. He's preparing everybody who's going to be attached to me. And when I am lifted up, I will draw everyone to me. And I will motivate them to go through their struggles and remember hope. Remember that God will eventually deliver them from the test. One thing Jesus did 
that we fail to do a lot of the times is that he stayed obedient to the will of the Lord. He stayed obedient. He didn't let an 11 day trip take him 40 years before the test was over. He stayed in the will of his father. And he didn't blame it on the devil. That was God's work. Don't be so quick to give it to the enemy. Oh, something bad is happening. You know what? I can't stand the devil. Boy, he always after me. That's probably not the devil. That's most likely the Lord. Once you give your life over to the Lord, he's doing much more with it than the devil would ever be able to do with it. Right? And you blaming everything on the devil is you minimizing the power of the Lord. So don't be so quick to blame it on the enemy. It is godly preparation and it is all in his hands. This will not break you. It will build you. And that brings me to the next tip. Number five, get excited for your makeover because it won't end here. Your struggle will lead to perseverance. That perseverance will lead to character development and character development will lead to hope. So as Romans 5 says, glory in your suffering because it may be hurting your heart temporarily, but it's healing your soul and spirit for a lifetime. My husband and I are walking success testimonies of this. <laughs> Y'all, that's a new word I made up on the blog. Success testimony. You know, we struggled greatly in our marriage and we've been together for 12 years now. We've been married officially for 10, but we were pretty much a married couple since we got together and everybody knew that anytime anybody would see us, oh my gosh, when are we getting an invite to the wedding? <laughs> so we've pretty much been married for 12, but you know, officially married for 10. And it hasn't been a walk in the park. Getting pregnant and married young and him having a job that had required daily travel for years, me having to put my dreams on hold to take care of our kids us having to put his job before everything and everything I did was less than that because, you know, he of course was making more money because I was trying to go to school, trying to take care of the kids. And, you know, it was, it was hard. It was really hard. We never understood each other and it almost ruined us. But listen, that struggle created a marriage makeover like no other. Things shifted in ways I never thought they could. So hear me when I say there's hope. Hear me when I say there's hope. God did things in our marriage I never thought he even cared about. God has shown me that he cares about more than what we think he cares about. He cares about the little things. Something that we think is too little for him to even take notice of, but all of our little is actually really big to him. It's massive. He cares that much and he knows what he's doing. So get excited for your makeover because joy comes in the AM. Perseverance, resilience, character, and hope all come in the morning. That's what's on the other side of this struggle. 
whether that's mentally, physically, relationally, situationally, or financially, or all the lees. <laughs> Good stuff is on the other side of this. There's this quote by Corey Ten Boom, and she says, We can trust an unknown future to a known God. So as long as you know the Lord, sit back and relax a little bit. Let him counsel you through this period of preparation. The struggle will come. The struggle is real. But at least God will help you to manage it. Let's call it what? Struggle management. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this message today. I feel as though this really hit home for me personally. I've seen you do things that I really can't express to people the magnitude of grace that has come from it. Everything that has birthed from my struggles how much of a powerhouse you have made me because of it. God, thank you that through our struggles, you make us powerhouses. Thank you that the struggle doesn't last always. Thank you that joy comes in the morning and that perseverance is on the way. Thank you for teaching us how to not be compressed by trouble, but how to rise up to another level of faith another level of trusting you so that we can possess what you've given us to possess, God. We don't want to be like the Israelites and make an 11-day test 40 years long. Help us to ace the tests and help us to learn how to trust you through it all. Help us to manage our struggles. And God, we will honor you. We will praise you. We will glorify your name. And we'll love you forevermore. In your name we pray. Amen. I want to thank y'all for listening in today. And by the way, I created a site that houses all of my links in one place. It is in the description box under today's title, as well as on the home screen of red under the description of the podcast. And this link includes all of my socials, my new blog that I'll be updating weekly. So anytime I do a podcast, I will make a blog out of it. And it will always sound a little bit different than how the podcast was made. So you may find things in the blog that you didn't get in a podcast and vice versa. So it's going to be really, really good to have it written as well as spoken. Um, yeah, so... This is a nice, simpler way for you to see all of the things attached to my ministry. When you click this link, it will take you to every part of me, um, every part of my ministry, everything that God is doing through me. And yeah, so click on that. You will find everything. <laughs> it's been great talking to you. And as always, I love you. And I will be back on Sunday for another seven minutes in heaven episode. But until then. Stay red.